0: Welcome back to The Author Biz. I'm Stephen Campbell, and this is the show where we deliver the information you need to build a thriving and sustainable business as an author. There are lots of stepping stones along the path to building a successful business, and one of those is making the decision to bring on help, hiring people to do the things that either you're not well-suited for or to free up your own time to do the things that only you can do to build your business. For many of us, that happens when we decide to hire a cover designer or an editor. But what about some of the other tasks that fill our non-writing time? Today's guest is Chloe Adler. Chloe is still involved in the work world, and she's a romance author trying to build her own thriving and sustainable author business. One of her strategies is to outsource certain aspects of her business to virtual assistants so that she has time to pursue her, her writing, Uh, and her passion for learning and her somewhat unusual exercise hobby that you'll hear about uh, during the interview. In this episode, we'll get into the details of how she finds and trains her virtual assistants and what she expects of them and what having them has allowed her to do. She'll share some of the benefits of finding the right people and some of the pitfalls of finding the wrong people. It's an interesting interview and I hope you enjoy it. Uh, before we get started, as you know, we'll have links to everything we mentioned in the show at theauthorbiz.com. Uh, there is an Author Biz Facebook group. A lot of you are already in there. If you're not, uh, look us up on Facebook. It's the group, not the page. Uh, just look up The Author Biz, and you'll find the group that way. We'd love to see you inside. Okay let's get this one started. My first question to Chloe was to ask her what the deciding factor was for her to hire her first virtual assistant.
1: So my deciding factor was I was so sick of doing data entry in my day job. So I have a day job two days a week and full, like 14 hours, those two days a week. And I was adding an extra day to my week to do all the data entry. And I was just I was just done. I, I couldn't deal with it anymore. I'd been thinking about getting a virtual assistant. And then I became part of a Facebook group called The Front Row, which is uh, Jen Laner, And she... And then I kind of joined this uh, other part of her group that's a paid platform, a monthly paid platform. And she has a bunch of classes. And one of them was how to hire a VA. And so I went through, you know, it's on mm-hmm. your own. And I went through the class and I asked her some questions and I jumped off the, the diving board. That's
0: the kind of a thing for you, isn't it? You just decide you're going to do something <laughs> and you do a little bit of research and you toss yourself off the diving board.
1: Yes, that is very true. That is, yes, I so I, I kind of say I find my biggest fears in life and I go toward them instead of going away from them.
0: All right. Uh, so let's let's dig in. I've got a lot of things I want to talk about. I want to get into your writing. I want to get into some of the unusual things that you have done in your life and you know some unusual exercises that you do and, and some of the things that you write about on your blog. But first, let's dig into the, uh, the VA situation. You mentioned why you decided to do this. When you did it, what happened? Walk us through the process. Not so much the step-by-step process of how you hired the person, but once you had this person, did you say to yourself, okay, I've hired someone, now what do I do? Or did you already have a plan? Of course, you did. Of course, I had a plan. I
1: had a plan. (laughs) Ah, But you know, plans have to be adjusted. So, the first person I hired, I thought she could do everything. And so, I had an idea of what I wanted. I wanted somebody to do something for my day job, and then I wanted somebody to do something for my author brand. And it turned out she could Mm -hmm. not do both things. So, I quickly had to, you know, prioritize. And say, okay, she's going to just do the day job and then I'm going to have to hire other people to do the other things. And I I actually have – so I I have somebody for each thing. I don't have one person that does it all.
0: So you have one person that's helping you with the day job and one person that's helping you with your author business.
1: I have four people helping me with my author business.
0: (laughs) Okay. And let's – well, we'll get into that and we'll break that down a little bit. Um, but when you started, back to back to when you started, because I I hired a VA once a long time ago, back when Tim Ferriss mm-hmm. first wrote the Four Hour Work Week. I thought, oh, I've got to I've got to figure out how this works, and I've got to try it. And I thought the big thing was, okay, I've hired this person, and then it was like, oh my gosh, now what do I do? And, and so I started giving her assignments, but there's training involved. I wound up spending more time training the person to do what I wanted her to do then I was actually saving by having her do the thing because I didn't really have a well thought out plan for hiring a VA.
1: Right. So that's where Loom, I mean, that's, that's what I use Loom for, which is a free online app thing. I'm not exactly sure what to call it. And so you set it up to tape your desktop to like videotape your desktop, what you're doing. And so,
0: okay. So it's like a screen capture thing.
1: Yeah, exactly. And, and so for the first two weeks prior to hiring somebody, I just screen captured every single thing I was doing. And I made sure that each thing was in a segment. So, you know, one type of data entry was, you know, one segment and then so on and so forth. And then I labeled each one. And that's what I sent to the VA.
0: And how long were the segments?
1: Well, if so, Loom is free, but you can only tape for I don't know if it's fifteen or thirty seconds. I think it's oh, yeah, it's short until Uh you until you've invited other people to use Loom for free. Mm -hmm. It's it's a weird, you know, it's a weird. (laughs) It's interesting, Um, but once you have, I think, invited three people, then you have unlimited video time. Okay.
0: And there are other ways of doing this. I have a program called ScreenFlow that works on the Mac. There are other things uh, that work on the PC where you can just do screen capture videos. And so you could could essentially accomplish the same thing there without the 30-second limitations. Uh, When you gave them these segmented videos, uh, did you find that that was sufficient from a training standpoint for them to be able to understand what you wanted them to
1: do? Yes and no. So I, I, you know, I also had a, um, I have a Google uh, doc. So I have, you know, let's just say like I have a list of names of people for my day job that, and, and things, something has to be accomplished for each person. So Mm -hmm. I would say, you know, you know, Joe Smith, you have to do X, Y, Z, and then I'd have columns. And then I would say, do this and then write the date that you did it in this column and then do the next thing. So, so we could talk back and forth using that and using Trello. And then we also, which I set up a bunch of things on Trello. And then I, I really did a lot of talking to her over Skype. And now we talk over WhatsApp for the first year, probably a month for the first month she had Mm -hmm. questions and, and yeah, it took, it took about the same amount of time that it would have taken me less time than it would have taken me to do the data entry. But because I hate data entry so much and I love talking to people so much, I didn't mind it. So so it's, it's like building the wheel, right? So yeah, it's going to be a little clunky and slow at first and you're going to have to spend some time training somebody you know, they'll watch your video. They might have some questions. They might make a mistake. You might have to talk to them, but once it's built. Okay.
0: Yes. And it's just like any other business and hiring people, uh, to Mm -hmm. work for you, you have to train them. If you expect them to be able to do what you want them to do, almost no one comes in where you can just say, "Hey, this is this is what you need to do," and and have at it. Exactly. All right. So, in your author business, what are the kinds of things that you have virtual assistants do? You mentioned you have four of them working for your author business.
1: Right. So, I have the first one that I hired was graphic artist, and she de- she did my author branding. Okay. So she did like my logo and my colors. She did this little like style sheet and then now she does banners and teasers and yeah yeah everything basically except for book covers.
0: Okay. And when you when you first met with her or first were talking to her about the author branding, did you did you have your own ideas with regard to color and things like that and did you give those to her or did you say Hey, here's who I am. And here's what I think my brand should be and
1: have at it. Yeah. Number B, I choose B. Yeah. I'm not. So, so branding and design is not my forte. I'm not good at it. And I'm I, I have no problem saying I'm not good at this. You do it. She wanted more input. And I said, well, I think It's kind of this these colors and here look at my look at my book covers and you figure it out. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And she came up with some really great ideas that I really like.
0: And so what what do the others do? So that's the first one.
1: So that's yeah, graphic design. Then I have somebody who just does my newsletters. Okay. So I now have weekly newsletters, which I highly recommend because that's how I sell the most. That's where I sell the most books.
0: And does she write them or
1: She does not write them. She just puts in, I do newsletter swaps. So I put all the swaps each week into a Google doc and I just put the link to the book and then she drags the cover over and copies the, you know, whatever the book is Mm -hmm. about the blurb and puts that in and kind of formats it. She also formatted the whole newsletter. So it's my colors and I didn't know how to do any of that. So she did all Mm -hmm. that. So it looks really pretty. And then I go in on, you know, whatever day, actually Fridays, and I write a little blurb up front or, you know, a little, I call them author musings, like a little personal, whatever is happening mm-hmm. this week up front. And I add my own photo there and then, you know, whatever photos related to that. And then I schedule the send out, but People have their, their VAs doing the sending too. Okay. I just choose not right. to do and that. So that's two. Okay. And then three is, uh, so that the, these are my two newest ones. So three is my social media person and she does all my social media postings and she schedules them for the whole week on Tuesdays. And I just told her do it. I don't want to think about it. I don't want to know about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't have time. Just do do it, and then I came back to her and said, "Okay, it's a little too salesy on Twitter because Twitter—they don't like you know pushing for salesy stuff. So, can we add you know uh, some? You know, I write romance, so can we add a hot guy one day a week?" And so she did that. So you know, just a, a little bit of tweaking, but mostly she'd been doing it for other people, so she already knew what she was doing. I hardly had to do. I, I rarely even talked to her. She's amazing, and she does Facebook and Twitter. I don't have her do anything else. So, yeah, that's that.
0: Okay, that's three.
1: Three, and then my fourth one who is new, uh, brand new, is Author Takeovers, which most people might not have, but it's really big in the romance. Again, in romance, it's big in paranormal romance, and it's really, really, really huge in reverse harem which I write, yeah.
0: All right, so all right now I I want to go back to the person who does your social media posting because there are lots of social media experts who say that you shouldn't have someone else do your social media posting. You should do that yourself. Uh, You obviously feel differently about that. Uh, Did you have any qualms about just turning it over to somebody and saying, you know, essentially, hey, this is my author brand, you're in charge of it now?
1: Well, yes and no. So I realized that it was either don't post or hire somebody.
0: Okay. Don't post because you don't have the time.
1: I don't have the time. And so on my, my personal page, which is, which is, you know, my, my author name, I, I post myself. I do my own posts there on my personal page. Okay. So I just have her post on my author page and my author group. I also have an arc group and I post there. Okay. So I just, it's more for marketing Mm -hmm. purposes and engagement purposes. And then my takeover PA also posts. She's just very zealous and she just posts all the time. So she's, she's, she's always posting in my author group. She now is in charge of my ARC group as well. So she's posting there too. Now does she
0: post as you or as herself? No. Okay.
1: As herself. Okay. As they all post as themselves. I, yeah, I felt, I didn't want them to post as me. So, yeah, I wanted a distinguishing you know, difference. Okay. So that people would know when I was posting.
0: One of the things that concerned me all those years ago, because God, I, I can't even remember when it was Tim Ferriss wrote the four hour work week. It's probably a decade ago. That was a long time um, ago. But yeah. at the time, I remember thinking I it terrified me to give people passwords. And in reading some of the stuff that you've written about this, apparently there are tools for dealing with this in, yes. in a way that keeps you secure. So can you walk us through that?
1: Yes. So it's last pass and it's also free, um, up to a certain amount. I think I, I do the paid, I think it's $20 a year or something, but you, it just, uh, it's just, uh, I don't know what to call these things. Aggregates.
0: Well, there are, there are these password tools that Collect yes. all the passwords, and then you can you can just use them. But the idea of of being able to assign methods for people to get in and have access to that is something that's new to me.
1: Right. So, and, and it took me a while to figure out because it's actually easier than I thought it was. And it's you just press a button and okay. say share. And I didn't really understand that, so I was trying to make like folders and stuff, which was didn't mm-hmm. you didn't need to do that. But but yeah, you just. You, So when you install LastPass as an extension on your browser, it just asks you every time you log into something, do you want me to include this in LastPass? And I just say yes, and then when you go to your page in LastPass, you can say you want to share any specific uh, website with whoever you want.
0: So you could share, for example, Mm -hmm. your Facebook Twitter and email accounts, but not your bank accounts with someone.
1: And I I don't share my email with anybody. Just that's just me. I don't, I don't do that. So I only share Facebook, Twitter. Um, I'm sure there's some other things like YouTube or something, maybe if I need to, but, and then it's really easy because I've had to take people's privileges away. And so it's just really easy to just delete them. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> That's nice, and then and then for my day job there is a specific website um, online. Uh, well, so my day job is um, healthcare practitioner, and so it's it has to be a HIPAA compliant e- EHR electronic mm-hmm. health records website, which does not work with LastPass. But they have something special where you can add an administrator and give them a separate password, and then you can just delete them from from that website. So that's always an option with specific websites.
0: Okay. Um, You've been doing this for a while. When did you start?
1: No, I started a year ago. Yesterday was my first. Oh, how about that? Wow. How timely is this?
0: Yes.
1: So excited. So. One year ago on May 3rd, I published my first book and I've published seven books since.
0: Congratulations. Thank you. Thank
1: you. So I did so I I have a background in writing and I have I have a degree in screenwriting and I used to write for television and so I have a, a extensive background in writing but I didn't I hadn't published and and I've written novels I'd written three novels before I published my first one. I haven't published the, f- the first three I wrote are under the bed, but I've been studying <laughs> writing. I've been, I've been immersed in writing for most of my life.
0: I can't believe the <laughs> way you are that you didn't just publish the first book. Wouldn't that well, be like leaping off the diving yes, board? but
1: I'm, I'm also a perfectionist. So, okay, mm-hmm, right. and it's, it's, they're not good. My first three books are not good. They're really bad. They were a learning, it was like getting, you know, my MFA in, in creative writing. It was just learning how to write for, for novel. Because okay. T V writing, which is what I did for over fifteen years, is very different, obviously, then.
0: And did you but I find the idea of writing for television to be fascinating. The idea of writing series television and doing it as a collaborative effort is that the way you did it
1: uh yes and no <laughs> so i wrote entertainment television which is very different it's not
0: okay so those are yes. like little short story yes. type things yes. okay all right yes. all right. Yes.
1: and then i had a pretty you know there was a...
0: so that's the stuff that we watch and and we feel really bad about ourselves for watching yes
1: yes exactly and in the end, I looked in the mirror and I said, You are a commercial whore. And I started crying. And that's when I quit television. Yes, exactly. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it was that's very dramatic. Well, very dramatic.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, we're veering, we're veering off topic here, but what happened next? You you quit television. What did you do next? And when was this?
1: Oh my God. Wow. Yeah. So um this, I quit television in 2002.
0: Okay. Long time
1: ago. Long time ago. Yeah. Yeah. I had, uh, it was, yeah, it's, it's a long story. I don't actually really want, <laughs> want to bore people with, but.
0: <laughs> okay. So it wasn't, you didn't, you didn't just do this and then say, I'm going to start writing novels now. That's what I thought might have happened. So that was, uh, years later when that happened.
1: No, I had, I had two other careers after television. I was a real estate appraiser for two years. And then I, then I went back to school and got my master's degree in Chinese medicine. Okay, And then I, <laughs> yeah. And then I became an alternative healthcare practitioner.
0: And then you went back to writing.
1: Mm-hmm. And then I went back to write Well, and during the time I was still, I was writing. I just wasn't, I just wasn't making money or okay. I wasn't putting it out right. there. And I've always written. Yeah. I've always, you know, I've journaled since fifth grade.
0: Do you do it every day?
1: I don't do it every day anymore, but I do. Keep, okay. Yeah, I do several times a month. I would say. Okay.
0: All right. Let's get back into the nuts and bolts of hiring of a, a, a virtual assistant. You you took this course. You have gone through the process. You are not hiring. You are you are doing sort of what Tim Ferriss talked about all those years ago, and Chris Ducker, I think his name is. Um, has a company that helps people with this. There are other people that have companies that provide virtual assistance from around the world. I'm, I'm Based on what I think you're paying people, I'm guessing these are not people that live right down the street from you. Okay, so how do you find these people?
1: So I found them on the Hub Talent, which is a website and it's free. I'm a big fan of if you can do it for free, you should, because not everything you can. So Hub Talent is uh you well, you can put up ads for people and a lot of people are overseas. And you can also use Upwork, but for me, when I tried to use Upwork, I found that people mm-hmm. were asking for more money than I could afford. So I used this this other site. And then I my first hires, like the one, the woman that does all of my all of my data entry, she started at $3 an hour and I gave her, and then that was for her, mm-hmm. for her one month probationary period. And then I, I raised her okay. to $4 an hour and she lives in the Philippines. And I do give her bonuses, uh, you know, for Christmas or whatever I do, do that. And then my other PA, the, uh, R VA, uh, the graphic artist person, she asked for $6 an hour. So that's what she works at. And, and so for her, it's kind of piecemeal. Mm -hmm. It's not every week. It'll be maybe two, three weeks of, of intense work. And then I won't need her for a month, but the data entry person, she's ongoing. She's every single week. And so I had to really be able to afford that. And I, you know, I tell them, I say either $20 a week or $25 a week or whatever, you know, four hours a week, whatever, whatever my budget is. I tell them what it is and I use Hubstaff and they have to log into it. And so they're only allowed to work a certain amount of hours a week and then it, it cuts them off.
0: Okay. You pay them through that company through Hubstaff or? No, I pay. Oh, so you pay them directly.
1: I pay them through PayPal. I pay, I do, I pay them through PayPal. I pay one of them there. There's another, uh, another direct payment through the Philippines. And I use that for somebody else, but most people I pay through PayPal. And then my other two, then, well, then the one who does my newsletters also in the Philippines. And then the one who does my date, my, um, social media. Okay. She asked for $20 an hour. She said, that's what I work for. That was her rate. She's in the Netherlands. Mm-hmm. And I said, okay, I can afford one hour a week. And that that's all I can afford. That's that's it. Or maybe she's 25, whatever, 20, 25, something like that. And so that's what she does. And then my takeover person, the same thing. I said, I can afford to pay you $25 a week. And And so whatever I said, so I said to her, I go, I go, if you want to get, if you want to make $25 an hour, you work one hour. If you want to make 1250 an hour, you work two. Like It's up to you. And those two people, I do not monitor the other three I monitor on Hubstaff. Okay.
0: And they, and they have a process by which you can do the monitoring.
1: Yes. So they have, uh, they have the, the people that are working have to Mm -hmm. log in and, and and track their time, like a you know, like a timesheet or whatever. And then I can see what when they worked, what hours. And then they take screenshots of their computer periodically. And you can set it for, I don't know, every 15 minutes or whatever it is. And you can look at them. And so I do that. I look at them and I make sure that they're working. And if they have idle time, I delete Mm -hmm. it and I don't pay them for that. I I have, I have them tracked every 10 minutes. It takes a screenshot. And I also know at this point who I don't need to track anymore. Like my graphic artist, she has never logged on and not worked. Mm -hmm. So I don't check up on her because I, I know that she's working. Um, but my, my VA that does my day job stuff often has idle time where she is not working and has forgotten to turn off the tracking. And so I tell her and I delete it. And yes. And then the other funny thing, when you want me to go into that, I will.
0: Well, let's do it now since you're sort of okay. leading into it. One one of the things that I warned you that I was going to ask, were there any, any <laughs> like big gotchas that happened or any funny stories that, that came up? So I, I think I know what this one is. <laughs>
1: Okay. Yes. Yes. So I had a VA who did all my phone calls for my day job and I was tracking her on Hubstaff and I went to look at her screenshots, which you wouldn't even think she would need screenshots because she's, you know, she's doing phone calls. And I found the, what I always assumed was the worst case scenario, which was porn. And I did find porn and, I was shocked (laughs) Shocked. and I literally started screaming and running around my living room in a circle. (laughs) And, and I didn't really want to click on it because, you know, to make it full screen, but of course I did. And then I screamed some more and ran around in a circle again. And the way that I approached Mm -hmm. her was I didn't want to shame her because, like, honestly, I don't want anybody to feel that there's anything wrong with that. But I'm not paying you for that, and I don't want you to do it on my time. So I, you know, I, I said to her, I have a really sensitive uh, situation to bring up. And and she was very upset about it. It was, she said it was her cousin. I, I do believe that it was her cousin, uh, given what it was about. But... <laughs> <laughs> given what I saw, but, uh, but still it was, you know, not appropriate. And I ended up not working with her. And I actually, I didn't fire mm-hmm. her because of that. I let her go because I stopped needing her services. And because there were some other issues that were hap- that was happening with her. And I, I didn't want it. It's, it's a sensitive subject. I really didn't want her to feel humiliated like, that was important mm-hmm. to me, that she didn't feel humiliated, but that she knew what was happening.
0: All right. So you've been doing this for a year. Could you imagine not having them now?
1: No. And I didn't have them when I started. I, I did this on my own for okay. probably six or eight months before I hired anybody.
0: Okay. Yeah. So you're, you're just happily cranking along with this, and it's, it's working out. Other than the occasional gotcha and humorous story that you're able to share on podcast, it's working <laughs> pretty well for you.
1: Yes, it's it's working pretty well. The the only thing and I I did I, I did write a blog about this as well was that I one person I paid up front. I paid her $300 to do all my social media and after 30 mm-hmm. days she hadn't done anything and she st- she started ghosting me. She stopped returning any of my emails. And so I contacted PayPal and I always tell people when you're paying for a service unless it's like $6, when you're paying for a service oh, don't use mm-hmm. friends and family pay the
0: pay the 3% just,
1: yeah just yeah. just pay it and because i did that i was able to say to paypal and i didn't ask for the whole 300 back i asked for 280 and i said you know i had i had had some some i had had a phone call with this woman and i had had a little bit of email correspondence about what i wanted so i'm willing to pay you for 2 hours but reimburse me 280 and I and I put that forth and that they re, they refunded me. OK,
0: so that's that's a, that's a really good tip when you're hiring people. Don't use friends and family. And mm-hmm. if you're not a PayPal user, that's actually an option when you send someone money. Is it friends and family? If it is, you don't pay the three percent or two nine, whatever it works out to be. Um, and if you say no, then they charge well, they charge you or do they charge the other person? I'm not sure.
1: You know, I don't know. But someone
0: pays the someone pays <laughs> someone, someone pays, pays the three percent. I think it's the recipient that pays the three percent. Um, so, all right. So let's let's move on now and talk about your writing. It's been a year.
1: Okay. Yes, it's been a okay.
0: year. Okay, and seven yeah. seven books, four in one oh. series, um, mm-hmm. four in a in a uh, love on the edge romance series. And yes. how would you describe? Yes. It's paranormal yeah. romance, right?
1: Yes, it's paranormal romance. It's super spicy. Mm-hmm. So there's the characters wanted to have a lot of, uh, of uh, spice beyond snuggling time. <laughs> yes. Thank you. <laughs> yes. So my mother who's begging to read it is not allowed. So, yeah, it's uh, so it it all takes place in a, a made up world called distant edge where supernatural beings are known and they're all kind of kept there like they're allowed to be out in the open and live there and and so the most of the inhabitants are supernatural but of course they want humans to live there too and it's one of three places on earth where supernatural beings are are out in the open living and so it takes uh, it, it follows of 3 uh, a witch family of three sisters and the first book is the middle sister. The second book is the older sister. And then the youngest sister has her own series, which is the one that I'm finishing up now, which is all, which is a reverse harem
0: okay, series. All right. And the, the reverse harem series, is that the one that you wrote as a serial?
1: So no, that is a, that is where I messed okay. up. So you, you'd think, but no. So I had another idea. Uh, that's a reverse harem that is also takes place in distant edge but follows a human, and that is the cereal. Okay.
0: And how did that uh, – yeah. explain what a cereal is for people who might not understand. It's not yes. what you might have okay. for breakfast. Uh,
1: no, a cereal is a bad idea. <laughs> that, is, <laughs> that is what I'm going to say about a cereal. It is a bad idea. So it is about 10,000. Now,
0: 000. I know I know of people who have done cereals, and it's been a good yes. idea for them, but it's – Maybe not a good idea for yes, everyone. Yes,
1: and timing, 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 you know. So when yes. uh, Sean and what, Johnny, Sean and Dave, when they were doing mm-hmm. <laughs> when they were doing their cereal, well, it wasn't Johnny, but uh, when they were doing their cereals, uh, it was great. And there is actually a woman who does a reverse harem cereal now that I am addicted to, but she's been doing it for a year and she never stopped. So she just keeps going. So, so it's a 10,000 word, uh, short, short story that doesn't have an ending that just keeps going until maybe five, you have five of them and then you have the full book. So, so you release, okay. so it's, it's to be, you know, kind of on the Amazon radar to release quickly. So mm-hmm. I was doing one every two weeks. So I would release the 10,000 every two weeks. This woman does once a month and she's doing it because that's her, that, you know, I'm friends with her now, but that's how, how fast she can write. Like she can't write a full novel in a month or two months. So she can only mm-hmm. write short segments. So she, that's why she's, that's why it works for her. Okay.
0: So the serial idea in general for you was not a huge success.
1: No, for me, it was a f- huge failure. Okay. Yeah.
0: All right. So the other, the, the romance series, how there are there four books in that series right now?
1: Yes. Yeah. So the first, my first series, which I also did a rapid release was, uh, was complete. And so I released one book in may one, you know, every, every three weeks, I think I was every three weeks. And so I released four books in three months.
0: Okay. And, and how did that go?
1: Not well, it did not go well at all. So I made a ton of mistakes And I was nobody and nobody knew who I was. And I spent so much money marketing the first book. I spent like $1,000 marketing the first book, which I have never done since. Mm -hmm. And I also didn't understand that a reader that might like a polyamorous book, which is the first one, Uh, Mm -hmm. might not be the same reader that might like a male-female, which is the second one, which might not be the same reader that would like a male-male, which is the third one, which might not be the same reader that likes a menage, which is the fourth one. Yeah,
0: When I was looking at the books and I'm reading this and I'm going, wow, this is a really interesting series. Interesting in that it's so inconsistent <laughs> from book to book. So yeah. if you find an audience with one book, you you kind of kick them to the curb with the next book. Yeah,
1: pretty much. Pretty much. Yep. Yep. Although I must say, I do have readers that read all four books and love them. But good. But it's not. They're not high numbers.
0: <laughs> all right. So you're working on something new now. What are you doing different? What What are you applying that you learned from uh, these? Failed experiments, we'll call them.
1: Yes, they are failed. Um, So I, well, the the reverse harem is, you know, staying with that trope. It's, Mm -hmm. you know, so what I've learned is stay with one trope. Don't, (laughs) don't, don't go out in left field. And so the, the, the series that will be finished in July, August is, is this, is the reverse harem. And then I will, then the serial, is, so is,
0: when you say the series will be finished, what does that mean?
1: So it's a three book series. So okay. Have, young, have
0: any of them been published yet, or you're yeah, just waiting? Yeah, the
1: first two. The first two okay. are out. Right. So it's the youngest witch sister.
0: Are those the ones with the um, with the woman on the front with uh, almost like yes. a mask? Yes. Okay, those are beautiful covers.
1: Yes, thank you. I know, right? I mean, my cover artist is amazing. So yes, Yeah she's 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 done all my book covers except for the serials which she's going to redo. Okay,
0: so you're releasing those when? Walk me through the schedule, for the release schedule for those.
1: Yeah, so so that was another mistake. So because my first four books in three months didn't do as well as I had hoped, I didn't realize what the mistake was. And so I thought, well, why release? Why do another rapid release? So I released, so... (laughs) I wrote two books at one time, which was stupid. One was the serial, and one was the first book. And I, I, Iphigenia, I call her Iphigenia, but it's actually pronounced Iphigenia. So it's her series, and it's uh, the radiant light, uh, distant light, radiant light, blazing light. And I call okay. it Tales from the Edge mm-hmm. is the series. And so that's the the series that I'm working on finishing right now. So the first book was the Reverse Harem, released in November. I just wanted to get it out because Reverse Harem was so big And I was really worried that the market was going to be flooded, which it was. So I released it as soon as it was was done, which was in November. It did really well. Then I released the second one this last month in April. It did not do as well. And then the last one releases in July, August, because I'm not a fast, I'm not a super fast writer. I actually am a fast writer, Mm -hmm. but I'm a slow editor. And I have an editor and and anyway, so she goes through three passes
0: okay all right let's let me get you out of here on on this i've I've got some quick questions for you. Just give me the a quick answer off the top of your head. okay. What was the last book you bought to help you in your author business?
1: yeah, so the the very last book was the Miracle Morning for Writers,
0: yeah, by Honore quarter
1: Honore yeah,
0: and what's the other guy's name? I've drawn a blank, the Miracle Morning Guy.
1: The Elrod, uh, Hal Elrod. Hal
0: Elrod, yes, yes. Yep. Okay, yes, and we love Honoré, yes. Yes, she's amazing. Okay, uh, what do you wish you had more time for in your author business? Marketing. Okay, uh, in your personal life?
1: Uh, you know, I everything. <laughs> uh, I guess to spend more time with the family and my, my you know, family and friends, which I, I push aside to get my work done because I'm a workaholic.
0: <laughs> I hear that. What's your favorite form of exercise?
1: Well, the trapeze.
0: Oh, yeah. See, I kind yeah. of alluded to this earlier. You and I met in Las Vegas, not at a trapeze place, but <laughs> at, a, uh, at breakfast. Um, you were having breakfast with Martha Carr and I sort of intruded and you were kind enough to in- invite me in to have a cup of coffee. And we had a nice chat and you were talking about these circus tricks that you did. And I'm just like, that is so
1: cool. Yes. Yes. So yeah, I do circus. And I, I, I like talking about it because I think that anyone can do it. It's not limited. There's no too old. There's no too fat. There's no, not enough. Um, you know, I'm not bendy enough. I'm not in good enough shape that that doesn't exist. It doesn't matter as long as you don't want to be a performer, then of course it matters. So I Mm -hmm. was older. I'll just say when I got into it and I just started like anybody else, I had no prior experience. I was a gymnast when I was a kid, but that was many, many years ago. So I, and I, and, and I think that what I brought into circus from that is discipline. So I am very, I'm a very disciplined person, especially when it comes to working out except when it comes to running because I hate running but I do it anyway so oh good for you
0: <laughs> I remember when we were talking um, you 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 feel yes. very passionately about about this yes uh, the, this type of thing and, yes. and you were expressing yourself very passionately and um, I, I think that's cool I mean one of the things that I want to get spend more time on in this second iteration of yes. the author business is work-life balance and the idea of relaxation and exercise. And you, know, you can't just be sitting there pounding on the keyboard every day yeah. and expect to build a sustainable business. It's just, I mean, you can do it for a couple of years. And if, if you're right, young enough, right. maybe you can do it for five years. But right. th- there's, a, there's a price to be paid.
1: And, you know, like Nora Roberts, she talks about how she has, you know, a, a, a really specific way that she structures her day. And at the end of every day for an hour or two, she works out. She goes to her, well, she has a home gym, but you know, mm-hmm. whatever it takes, she, she goes and works out and, and that's something that we have to build in. So I do, I try to run uh three, you know, I've started again. So, and especially after Italy, I have to. Well, I was walking four miles a day. <laughs> I, was, I was eating everything uh, I saw, but I was walking four miles a day, four to five miles a day.
0: Now, let me jump in yeah. here. You mentioned Italy. We were talking about you going to Italy before we started recording. Yes. You went to a writer's conference yes. in Italy. So that you're referring back to yes. that. So Thank you were there for how long? How long? Eating pasta and stuffing yourself
1: eating pasta and gelato. And, and my, my goal was if it's not gluten, (laughs) I'm not eating it because I can't, Uh because I can't eat gluten here. I don't eat any, I don't eat pretty much any grains in the States. So I just, yeah, stuffed my face. So I was there on the writer's retreat for one week. And then I went to to a small town called Padua. We call it Padua. They call it Padova for a week by myself speaking, no Italian. And yeah, it was amazing. It was amazing. It was absolutely amazing. And I rode every day and it was just phenomenal. So, so yeah, so I, I try to run at least, um, three days a week with my dog. So he pushes me and I have an accountability partner that I check in with. Otherwise I'm not going to do anything. And I'm very pro accountability partner. And then I do circus once a week with my teacher, where I go, I drive into San Francisco and I have a class with, you know, th- three or four students and I do trapeze and it it lights me up. It's like, it's what I look forward to. It's, it's what I love. It's my passion. And even like Iphigenia in my book, she's a circus performer and she's, uh, she's also a circus teacher. And so it, it bleeds into my writing. And then I, I did buy myself a home rig, which was both stupid and smart. Um, cause I haven't set it up yet and it was a lot of money and yeah. And I bought myself my own trapeze, so that is in the works. Is actually getting that set up so that I can practice at okay.
0: home. Okay, and you mentioned that you're ver- you're a very driven person, that you are a workaholic. Yet you're doing these other things. Uh, you're getting the exercise. You're driving into San Francisco to work out with uh, with a coach or a teacher to to do this stuff that you love. And so you're busy all the time, but it's, it's not busy all the time doing one thing where it's like exercise. If you just exercise one muscle all the time, there's, there's not a a great benefit there. So you're doing, you're doing a lot of different things and you're doing them consistently. There may not be a lot of time left over to relax, but in general, (laughs) it, it, it sounds like you're, you feel like you're pretty well-rounded.
1: Yeah, I do. I, so, so my, you know, my joke is relaxing. What's that? So people say, what do you do for relaxation? Well, I might run. That might be my real, that's how I relax. And I do meditate. I do meditate every day. And, um, but that doesn't feel relaxing to me, but I'm just, you know, reading is relaxing. So I read before bed. I just, I'm a, I'm a type a plus, 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 plus personality. And I just, I thrive on going and doing and also doing new things. So today, for example, after I get off the phone with you, I am taking my first Italian lesson. <laughs> now that you because... <laughs> I love it. <laughs> of course, because I'm also crazy and I'm proud of it. So I just I like I like to do things. I like to challenge myself. And, you know, if 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 learning new things is relaxing to me and, you know, and then that's what I'm gonna do. I, I don't know. Yeah. Right. I don't know if I answered your question No, or that not.
0: that's actually it's it's fantastic. <laughs> Chloe, thank you so much for being here. We've been speaking with Chloe Adler, the author of the Love on the Edge romance series and the new series, tell me again what the name of it is? Tales from the Edge. Tales from the Edge. Chloe, what's the best place for listeners to connect with you?
1: Chloeadler.com.
0: All right, thank you so much for being here. It was a pleasure meeting you in Las Vegas. Are you going to are you going to be there again this year?
1: I'm not because I'm doing Authors on a Train in November with Jay Thorne and Zach Bohannon. That
0: sounds cool. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I love it. So hopefully you'll be blogging about that at ChloeAdler.com.
1: I will. I do blog, and I have to catch up on that, but I, I will be blogging about that, All yes. Right. And I, I do. I do have... I, on my website, I have uh, information for, uh, for authors or for writers.
0: Yes, you do, including something that yeah. I bookmarked today, which I think was a, a thing on facial expressions or something like that with like a thousand facial oh, expressions. Yes. It's, yes. it's like, oh, this is fantastic. So <laughs> I just bookmarked okay. it so that I'd have it in my, uh, in my repertoire so I wouldn't always have to say he shrugged.
1: Yeah. Right. <laughs> exactly. Thank thank you for reminding me about that. I have to look at it too. <laughs> All
0: right. Thanks, Chloe.